It's time now for super psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell, and your golden years. And welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central Time and that's 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And today is January the 26th, 2020, and we're back live in beautiful Austin, Texas. And Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here with us making the row, the show run, the row shun, <laughs> making the show run smoothly as usual. And we have another packed show for you this evening. But first, I want to send out my condolences to the family and all the fans of Kobe Bryant, who passed away today along with his 13-year-old daughter and as well as the three other people who were aboard the helicopter in California that crashed today. That's very sad news. And um, also not to be the bearer of bad news, but I feel that I have to honor the author, teacher, and speaker who wrote the foreword for my book, The Passionate Life, um, the barefoot doctor, Stephen Russell, who also passed away today very suddenly. And the Barefoot Doctor really changed my life with his book, The Barefoot Doctor's Guide to the Tao, which I read in 2000. And it helped me to take the risks to follow my dream. And I continued to follow him on social media and sent him messages thanking him for his help. And he was on my program in 2017, and you can hear that interview. It was a really great interview. Um, if you go to my website and just uh, look, do a search for Barefoot. And and then, of course, the great honor of having him write the, the foreword for my book, The Passionate Life. Um, I never got to meet him. He lived in England, but he touched people all around the world, obviously, and he will be greatly missed. Um, Okay, so now on with the show. Um, In a little while after the break, we'll be joined on the phone from the East Coast by licensed psychotherapist, board-certified neurotherapist, faculty member of New York Medical College, president of the Kundalini Research Network, and founder of Anamkara, as well as author, uh, Dr. Lawrence Edwards. And Dr. Edwards will be joining us to discuss meditation, kundalini, and spiritual development. And then later in the program, James Pace of Good Neighbor Settlement House will join us from near the border in Brownsville, Texas, to tell us what's happening with the migrants at the border and the humanity crisis there. And James, Jim, as I call him, is a storyteller. So he collects people's stories about their journey. So he'll be talking with us about that. And also, Art Mendoza, producer of this show and producer from Accomplice Entertainment, will be joining us on this side of the mic to talk about South by Southwest and some events that you might want to know about. 
And along the way, I'll discuss some more tips from along the passionate journey and how to stay the course even through the rougher parts of the path. And throughout this evening's program, we will have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guests, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me, and I will read them on the air to my guests. And my email address is drmara, D-R-M-A-R-A, at drmaracarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And you can hear this evening's program along with any of the website links and other important information that are given on the program, um, as well as previous shows, all the previous shows since we've been on Blog Talk Radio for the last six years, by going to my website, drmaracarpel.com, and the link to the podcast as well as all of that information from tonight's program will be posted later tonight. And you can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, that's B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash your golden years. And for information uh, for previous programs, as I mentioned, uh, as well as my blogs and information about my book and videos and all of that kind of stuff, it's on my website. It's a one-stop shop. And you can also hear all of the podcasts, all the shows that we have done with Blog Talk Radio in the last six years by going directly to that blogtalkradio.com slash your golden years link. And for information about upcoming programs and events as well, we will be having some events. Um, be sure to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, I'm a licensed psychologist from New York City practicing here in Austin, Texas. And I work with adults of all ages and have a specialty of working with seniors and caregivers. And for the past few years, I've been evaluating veterans for PTSD. And if you want to contact me, if you have some information that you want me to know about, or if you have a question that you want to ask me, feel free to send me an email. That's Dr. Mara at drmaracarpel.com or go through my website, drmaracarpel.com, and just click on contact. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions and sponsored by Dr. Ronald DeVere, neurologist, memory specialist, and author of the book, Memory Loss, Everything You Want to Know But Forget to Ask. To make an appointment with Dr. DeVere at his memory clinic in Lakeway, Texas, or to purchase a copy of his book, you can call him at 512-261-7909 or send him an email to rdevere, that's R-D-E-V-E-R-E, at austin.rr.com. And his book is also available on Amazon. And this evening's program is also sponsored by StoryHouse. StoryHouse gathers your stories and turns them into multimedia collections that can be shared now and for generations to come. 
Have StoryHouse over to conduct a private interview in your home or invite them to your next big event or family reunion. StoryHouse, where your memories live. Find out more at yourstoryhouse.com or call 512-296-8752. Okay, we're going to take a brief break. Um, Don't go anywhere because it's going to be a very brief break. And when we come back, we'll be joined on the phone by Dr. Lawrence Edwards to talk about kundalini, meditation, and spiritual development. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Worried about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years. Specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia, Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the fact. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. And we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpel and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaricarpel.com. And now joining us on the phone from the East Coast, we have licensed psychotherapist, board-certified neuro- neurotherapist, faculty member of New York Medical College, president of the Kundalini Research Network, and author, Dr. Lawrence Edwards. And he's here to discuss meditation, Kundalini, and spiritual development. Welcome, Lawrence. Hey, good evening, Mara. Great to be talking with you. Yeah, great to have you. I just want to um, just mention that there's a slight delay when we talk like this, so it's just helpful to keep that in mind. Um, how are things back up in the Northeast? Well, we're doing well. It's been a mild winter, so it's uh, we're celebrating that. Yeah, nice change after last winter. <laughs> yeah. So, so maybe before we go on to talk about Kundalini and meditation, um, you can give our listeners a little bit about your background. Sure. Uh, you know, I've been practicing for well over 45 years so i've been i've been in the field quite some time uh and uh trained in clinical psychology but also i was trained uh, as i pursued yoga and meditation very seriously i spent years in india trained as a monk a sannyasin in, in india to deepen the practices of meditation and yoga uh, I also trained in other meditative traditions, Buddhist and Western meditative traditions as well, and have been involved in teaching uh, meditation for everything from uh, you know clinical applications and have written articles on mindfulness meditation. Uh, trained professionals have done grand rounds at hospitals, uh, including Westchester Medical Center, affiliated with New York Medical College, but also when I was out at Cincinnati Children's Hospital doing programs out there. Uh, so I've I've had the, the good fortune to have a foot in both realms in terms of Eastern uh, meditative yoga practices, but also Western science and psychology and, and neurology. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And and how do they use it in hospitals? How do they use the meditation that you teach? Well, your meditation now has, enjoys a, a, a deep background for research showing its effectiveness for everything from uh, pain management to uh, working with trauma, uh, physical trauma, uh, emotional trauma, working with PTSD. Uh, it overlaps uh, considerably with the work that I do with biofeedback and neurofeedback, uh, which employ technologies for helping people to learn some of these practices that uh, give us access to regulating the mind, the brain, uh, the autonomic nervous system, and the fight, flight, freeze, the stress response that uh, is so challenging for many people. It can overwhelm our system and um, then lead to depression and, and other kinds of disorders. So uh, in in many ways, the, the yogic practices and meditative practices have been shown through research to be very effective means for developing self-regulation skills um, at extraordinary levels because the, it shows that even when we're doing meditative practices, uh, it's having a profound impact on what is going on with the brain. You know, it used to be thought that, oh, meditation is nice, it makes you feel good, and, and was sort of a soft um, approach to trying to, you know, help an individual. And now we see that sustained practice does everything from not only changing kind of the output of the brain, if you will, both electrical in terms of brain waves, but also what we experience in terms of thoughts and feelings and the ability to process things, but it actually literally changes the structure of the brain in very positive ways um, that can enhance focus and attention. So it's also used, I see peak performing athletes and executives who work with me, uh, using meditative techniques even for peak performance training. So it has a tremendous um, breadth of application in different environments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I speak to a lot of my clients about meditation, and, and um, the the usual response is I can't meditate because I, I just can't. I can't sit still, and when I try, my brain just won't stop. Um, how do you deal with that? Because, you know, people give up, and they right. insist yeah. that they're, they're just not able to do it. <laughs> right, right. And and part of that, unfortunately, is the widespread misconception of what meditation is, as if meditation was you're supposed to stop your thinking. Uh, as anybody knows who, you know, even trying to fall asleep and if your mind is agitated and you try and stop it, it doesn't work, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. Uh, when we speak of, a, you know, a train of thought, trying to get in front of that train and stop it, you get run over. So really the ancient practices deal with that very effectively in the sense that there are means for teaching us that, well, number one, you're not trying to stop the mind, Uh, you're shifting attention and you're learning how you can help deepen relaxation, ease and comfort in the body, even in the face of the mind being active and thoughts going on. There are different approaches to meditation. You know, meditation is, uh, you know, covers a wide range of techniques. And, you know, a good teacher will always say, okay, what's going on? Let's try this. If that's not working, we try that. There are movement-based meditations where you're literally moving. Um, So you're not trying to sit still. 
Um, there are mm-hmm. meditations that make use of the active mind and how to step back and not try and stop it, but look at it differently and begin to shift. Um, give it things that give the mind um, healthier and uh, better ways, in fact, to think and focus so that it can begin to shift. So there are many different stages and phases that we can work with an individual. Uh, and this includes you know, people who are suffering profound uh, pain from uh, everything from you know, trauma to diseases and, and cancer and chemotherapy. Um, and they're, they're dealing with even you know, really quite challenging physical pain. And you can teach a person how to shift their attention in relationship to that in ways that helps both reduce the pain and the impact of it um, and give them a better quality of life. So there are many different ways of doing this, um, and it just takes somebody who's really skilled because, uh, you know, th- depending on what's going on with the individual, some of the just, you know, basic classic techniques for meditation aren't necessarily going to work. So it's really important to have a skilled teacher. Right. And I, it sounds like you have to have a lot of different uh, tools in your repertoire. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, you have to practice. It's just like you and I trained in psychology and clinical psychology and went through training that really developed those skills and uh, you know, enabled us to bring it into clinical settings. So doing meditation training as a teacher for that, uh, you know, classically that was many years of intensive work to train as a meditation teacher. It wasn't something you did in a weekend or, you know, 50 hours or 100 hours or something like that. It's It's deep practice and that the individual also who's teaching needs to have that kind of commitment to practice so they understand the mind uh, and the body so that when somebody's coming to them for compassionate care and help in walking through the maze of you know whatever's going on in their mind they've got somebody they're working with who's skilled and is has been through that maze over and over again both their own and with others mhm mhm yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense um so you know, I, I've been reading your book on uh, Awakening Kundalini, and it's really interesting because I, I've taken Kundalini yoga, but it's very different than what you write about. And may, can you can you talk a little bit about what is Kundalini? Sure, uh, because, you know, what's come to the West is sort of a, a, a modern offshoot, more of a brand name. Uh, than the ancient and classical term kundalini and kundalini and what that refers to. So the, in the ancient tradition, kundalini uh, is known through many different spiritual traditions. It's, it's a Sanskrit word that refers to an innate power of awareness, of consciousness, that can open our experience to who and what we are beyond the ordinary confines of the mind and the body. So it's a power that we have. It's a component of um, every individual. But being able to access that takes certain kinds of practices and development and skill that develops over time. So it's known as Holy Spirit in the Christian tradition. Um, It's very similar to the Shekinah in the the Judaic tradition uh, and uh, Qi and Qigong. Uh, and Tai Chi, these are all referring to this innate power 
that when activated, in a sense, you know, metaphorically, when it awakens, it begins to really shift our experience of everyday life in the same way that, you know, metaphorically, when we say awakening, well, each morning you awaken and you went from being, you know, unaware or lost in a dream and aware of a dream to awakening to a reality that was already present, but now you're awake to it and you can function skillfully within it. So in ancient traditions, they would talk about awakening kundalini means awakening this power of consciousness that allows us to have the experience that the the great mystics would talk about in terms of the divine presence and being uh, having our life and the meaning of our life informed by that in very real and tangible and accessible ways. Okay. All right. So... Um, is this part of the meditation that you do? The yeah, so meditation? right. So, so one of the classic ways of that's described in the ancient yogic texts for awakening this power uh, is the use of sacred sounds uh, known as mantras, empowered mantras. They're kind of unique uh, in this kind of system, and there are various traditions and lineages that give people access to this empowered mantra um, that helps support a person in awakening this process through a meditative kind of practice. So it doesn't involve, it doesn't have to involve, you know, rigorous uh, postures, asanas as they're known in the Hatha Yoga system, or vigorous breathing exercises called pranayama that's also known in yogic traditions. This was the awakening that was based on uh, the power of sacred sound. Um, in similar ways that there's there's awakening experiences that people have listening to sacred chants, whether it's Gregorian chant or sacred music of traditions, it's making use of these um, sort of profound ways that we have built into our system for being able to go beyond the ordinary mind and tap into the the deep meaning of life and feeling connected to to everybody and everything in profound ways. Mhm. Mhm. So, so does it just happen that one day, you know, after doing this practice, somebody has an experience of waking up and having this Kundalini awakening? It sometimes it's uh, it can be quite a dramatic experience, and sometimes it's just a very gradual sense of, oh, my awareness is expanding. I'm starting to see, you know, step back and <clears throat> be able to see. You know, one of the the fundamental shifts that happens in people's consciousness as as a part of that waking up process is they realize they have a mind, but they're not their mind. We say, oh, my mind. Well, who's the me that has that mind? And what's the nature Mm -hmm. of that me? I have a body, uh, but I'm not just my body. Who's the me that possesses that? What's that consciousness? So it's both a, a, a process of meditation, of study, of inquiry that begins to really expand our view of what it is to be conscious, aware of who we are and who others are. Uh, and then sometimes there's these scintillating moments of just really being able to feel that divine presence in ourselves and others that really changes then how we relate to others that we want to connect with others through that that kind of love. And this is what the great masters from Jesus to Buddha to Shankaracharya would talk about, that that this is the most profound level of existence is to connect with this 
uh, universal love that embraces everybody. And that when we're coming Mm -hmm. from that place, we have that kind of connection and compassion and care for one another. You know, as you were as you were speaking, I was thinking about my work in the nursing homes for many, many years. Um, I worked with older adults as well as some younger adults with health issues that mm-hmm. kept them from being able to really use their body anymore, mm-hmm. right? They They were stuck. And I had one young man who was really, you know, he couldn't, he could not do anything physically by himself, but was very aware um, cognitively, and we would have these sorts of discussions yeah. about how we were no longer, that we're not just their body, and his reaction, he had done a lot of reading on that, and so he really got it, but it was those discussions, he said, that really kept him going, because he he realized that you know, although he was in this situation that, you know, somebody his age, it's very rare to be in, um, he was able to really connect with, you know, being alive and, and the universe. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, and that's been my experience, whether it's in clinical settings. I also, for some years, was running as just going in as a volunteer into federal penitentiaries and state prisons in our area teaching meditation to um, people who were incarcerated and including working with people who were, you know, had committed serious crimes, uh, serving a life sentence. There was one fellow who uh, was in for murder and serving a life sentence. And he had such an extraordinary transformative experience doing meditation, learning it simply um, as a part of the program of that I was putting on, you know, once a week uh, at the federal penitentiary and then practicing in his cell, that one day he came to me afterwards and said, you know, I I, I have a completely different sense of who I am um, and what this world is about. I'm freer now than I have ever been in my life, even though I live in an 8 by 10 cell and will for the rest of my life. And I understand I deserve Mm. that, but I have become free. And so he got free of the conditioning of the mind that put him into that place, he also got free of the conditioning of society because he said the the guards still treat me like, you know, I'm a horrible being and I understand their insults and their curses, but I can see past it to the essential nature of who I am and who they are, that the divine, the infinite, call it what you will, is present in every human being. And we have, as a part of our birthright, uh, the capacity to know that. And in the yogic system, that capacity is known as kundalini. And the awakening mm. of it leads to that unfolding of that development that we can then really truly see through those eyes. That's really beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in your book, um, Awakening Kundalini, I came across a quote that I, you know, I talk a lot about, I speak a lot about compassion and I write about it a lot mm-hmm. in my blogs and in my book. And so I came across this quote that said, the greatest practice is compassion, the greatest discipline is patience, and the greatest path is love. Yes. And that just really struck me. Thank you. Yeah, I wrote that some years ago. Uh, and so that's what I talk about both in that book 
There's a uh, seven and a half hour, you know, CD audio program that's a companion to that. And then also my book, The Soul's Journey, Guidance from the Divine Within, goes into these subjects uh, on a more personal level. But this is really, you know, tapping into um, a paradigm that goes beyond our Western, you know, psychological clinical paradigm that is often aimed at, you know, trying to get people back to ordinary functioning. The psychology of the meditative traditions was, wait a minute, what are we ultimately able to experience? What are the great mystics, the great sages, the saints of the various traditions that they're all human, but they've all come to know the divine in certain ways that they could experience directly and communicate to others, that that's an innate capacity that we have as humans that can be developed and cultivated so that we can bring that into everyday life. Mhm. Mhm. So is that what you would call spiritual development? Yeah, and and each mm-hmm. person it, you know it approaches it from exactly where they are. That's why, you know, I could go into a, a federal or state penitentiary and work with individuals who were in there, you know, caught in the the consequences of their actions, their crimes, their everything that they've had to deal with, the horrible conditioning they went through, or people who have come to, you know, a Zendo or a monastery where I've taught and have, you know, much greater freedom in the outer world but may be equally imprisoned by their minds. Um, When you come Mm -hmm. down to it, it's the mind that imprisons us more than anything. And that's why these kinds of uh, practices can uplift a person in any situation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for listeners who maybe want to try it out before they, you know, go to somebody to teach them, you know, more in-depth meditation practices. Are there any simple suggestions that you might give to listeners to how they can sort of tap into this, uh, you know, or start to tap into this? Well, sure. I mean, that's part of, you know, I created a nonprofit organization called the Anamkara Meditation Foundation. Anamkara is an ancient Gaelic term, means friend of the soul. So the Anamkara Meditation Foundation website, anamkarameditation.org, and also my website, uh, thesoulsjourney.com, they have free uh, guided meditations. They have free uh, articles and podcasts and videos, uh, all as ways of helping people to get into these kinds of practices. The Anamkara Meditation Foundation is dedicated to it's a nonprofit dedicated to making meditation uh, of this type available, freely available to everyone anywhere. Uh, so we make resources available on the website. Uh, in terms of uh, free uh, downloadable audio files for guided meditation, written instructions, um, the various books I write, the articles I write, all the material that's up on the Soul's Journey website, podcasts, videos, all trying to just make this freely available. There should be no no limits to who could do this. That's wonderful. That's really that's and really as you great. know because, because you came to our you came to our center in yes, Armouth, New York, and awesome. yeah, and we so we offer free in person you know meditation programs every Thursday night in Armouth, New York. We have a 
uh, a relatively inexpensive meditation retreat coming up at the Garrison Institute in Garrison, New York, in, in March, uh, Friday evening through Sunday midday, the, the 20th through the 22nd of March. And people can find out more about that on the, the Garrison Institute website or the Anamkara website. Uh, all as ways of being able to just make this accessible and available to people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I know you talk, that kind of fits with what you talk about with SIVA, which is serving. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, compassion yeah, because, and generosity. Yeah, <laughs> right, SIVA is a Sanskrit word, and it means mm-hmm. selfless service. Uh, and it's really one of the fundamental practices of yoga. I mean, a lot of people in the West think yoga is about, you know, difficult to do poses and and breathing, and you know, you have to have a certain mat, and you know, you have to have the latest clothes and everything. <laughs> it's really not what yoga uh-huh. is about, you know. And uh, to to be able to sit and come into the presence of what the truth of who and what we are. That's what yoga is about. Yoga means union. It means union with the divine in the house of our own body uh, and to live that, to walk that into the world and all our relationships. So that's the real aim of yoga and meditation uh, is to be inspired in that way. And then it, it, it uplifts our creativity. It uplifts our, the work that we do, our relationships. Uh, it just begins to pervade our lives. And, you know, if it can do it for individuals in prisons, um, there's no limit to what people in everyday life can do with this. Absolutely, absolutely. I want to mention that the uh, in this in this book, the uh, Kundalini Awakening Kundalini, um, there was one meditation, the mountain meditation. Yeah. That for me, if I'm feeling sort of shaken by things that are going on in the environment, but you know something, mm-hmm. you know, bad news or stress or, you know, whatever it is that are going on around me, when I do that meditation, it brings me back to inner peace. It's it's pretty amazing how quickly it works. Yeah, yeah, because it helps us get in touch with, you know, the... What you're referring to is a, is a classic meditation um, on on kind of the image and the presence of a of the grandeur of a mountain, and sort of inhabiting and letting our awareness be like a mountain, and and inhabit the steadiness, the majesty, the presence of a mountain, and really inhaling that, breathing into that, and then we can add a practice like the use of one of the great mantras of the, this kind of tradition, Om Namah Shivaya. Um, and Om Namah Shivaya means I bow to the auspicious one, the divine within. Uh, and that's the, the root of that steadiness, is we can come into that place of steadiness and begin to access that kind of strength and wisdom um, and uh, the compassion, the open heart, and bring that into, our, into the moment for ourselves and then be able to live from that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's very it's a very simple it's a very simple thing to do with so much power. Yeah. Um, it has so much power. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the things a lot of these kinds of practices uh they're they're not difficult. We just need to do them repeatedly. You know, we just need to do them often enough so that they're really transforming our mind. Because, you know, from a neurological point of view, the way the brain works, anything we do repeatedly is a practice to the brain. 
And so if we're repeatedly going, oh, I can't stand this, I hate this, I like that, and we're, practice, we're literally practicing reactivity, which means we're going to become more reactive, react more easily, react with bigger reactions. So yoga t- trains us to, oh, how do I let go? How do I come to a place of equanimity? How do I cultivate steadiness in the face of all these things that life is throwing at us? And then we can bring our innate wisdom, our talents, our skills into those moments. Mhm, mhm. And we all we all need that right about now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I don't know anybody. Any, you know, it doesn't matter what side of the fence one is in. You know, everybody needs to 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 get more calm, more centered more focused, more at ease. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, so the best places then for people to to look for your books and to find out more about meditation and even get the free meditations are on those two websites, the Anamkara and the Soul's Journey. Yeah, in fact, the soulsjourney.com has the links to the Anamkara as well as the soulsjourney.com. Uh, on the resources page, has uh, a number of uh, videos and podcasts and interviews I've done with, uh, like the publisher of Sounds True, who published the book Awakening Kundalini, The Path to Radical Freedom, and the seven and a half hour audio program that can go with that. Uh, so all of that is is accessible through the soulsjourney.com. Okay, great. So I, um, later tonight, I'm going to put that link on my website. Oh, beautiful. Post about the show. Yeah, so people could just go there and click on it if they didn't have their pen and paper ready. Sure. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for for being on the program. Um, you know, I I I think that this is really important, and and I hope that those resistant meditators out there <laughs> heard your message. They just have to do it. You know, you yeah, and to... they just need—they just need the right help to to do that because anybody can learn to meditate. I've I've worked with children, I've worked with you know adults, older adults, I've worked with people with hyperactivity disorder, I've worked with all kinds of individuals, and there's always a way to support a person being able to shift their awareness, their attention, and open it up to a, a wider perspective. Mhm, mhm, great. Um, and thank you so much. And, and you have a wonderful evening and a great week. And I hope the weather stays mild up there. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Mom. It was great talking it. with you. Yeah, you too. Great speaking with you as well. Thanks. All have right. Take good evening. care. All you right. too. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take a brief break. We have lots more to come, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle. And in paperback at Amazon. 
Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. All right, and we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmarakarpel.com. And um, I do want to mention, yes, I, I took a meditation class with Dr. Edwards when I was up in New York last summer, and it was wonderful. And um, also got one of his CDs. Um, where he is repeating a mantra over and over again. And um, that really helps with the meditation. So that's one of the techniques is singing along with the mantra or just listening to it while you're meditating. Um, So just before I, I jump into talking about my topic of staying on track with living a passionate life, just some Briefly, some news. I mentioned it last week as well. Um, my interview with G. Brian Benson that was on um, Internet television on Awake TV is available to watch. If you go to my website, drmaricartel.com, and click on the book page, you will see the interview link, and you can watch it. And it, it was about a 40-minute interview about living a passionate life, about writing the book, and and some of the information in the book. And also, Art's going to be on in a little while at the end of the program to talk about South by Southwest, and I just want to announce my part of it, which is that on March 20th, um, I will be doing this radio show from the stage live at um, the backstage uh, behind El Mercado, on South 1st Street in Austin, Texas, and it will be free. It's probably the only free show that you can see during South by Southwest. Um, And then after that will be music, and Art will talk about that. So that's Friday, March 20th. And the first 100 people or 100 couples that, that come to the show will get a free book if they want it. And um, the audience will be part of the program. We'll be videotaping this, and and we we need audience participation. My guest for that show, the main guest, will be Dr. Joe Schaefer, and we'll be ending with musician Tomas Ramirez. So it should be a wonderful show. Put it in your calendar, and I'll be reminding you um, up until that point right here and on social media. All right. So last week I – I spoke about how, um, you know, the the year didn't necessarily start off that well for everyone, um, and it was a little bit rocky in sticking to my own intentions, and um, and how we need to get back on track through self care, and so I want to continue with that and talk about how it's going for me and some things that I've learned along the way, and. Also, I want to start with um, a discussion I had recently, just last night, with a friend who is a very, very dedicated nurse and who works with very sick people, people who were housebound. And um, she was saying to me that she was really exhausted because she had a very long day um, going from house to house, and it went. It was, you know, she's. She saw a lot of people, 
And she felt guilty saying that she was exhausted because she said, you know, I, you know, the people that I work with are dealing with real health issues and I'm healthy, so I shouldn't complain. And it, as an outsider, it was easy for me to say it where in, as a, uh, as the person who's, do, who's doing caregiving myself, it's hard for me to see, but I was able to say, Hey, you know what? I agree, and it's great that you know that you're, you know, that you're grateful that you're healthy and that you realize that the people that you're working with are really struggling and you have compassion for them, but you're also human, and human beings get tired, and it's okay for you to admit that you're tired and to take care of yourself, and it's that's something that I've told caregivers when I was working in nursing homes and I would work with the caregivers as well. If we, and, and, and I forgot that myself because my job is basically caregiving. Um, You know, I'm helping people every day dealing with their own emotional issues. Um, And then I'm, I'm a long distance caregiver for my mom and going back and forth to see her and make sure everything's okay. And sometimes dealing with emergencies and, you know, when people come to me with their problems, I'm right there to help them and realize that I felt guilty when I wanted to take a break and take care of myself. And that was the, that was the mistake. That's what led to me feeling really run down by the end of 2019 and starting off 2020. And that's really what, what it was, what it was, was I was run down. I had reached a wall. I had hit a wall of fatigue where I just was, wasn't excited even about the, the things that I feel most passionate about because I was too tired to feel excited. And I started wondering, you know, what's, wrong with me why am I feeling this way and I and I can't you know when uh, it was a friend who said to me a couple of weeks ago you know you sound like the caregivers that you work with don't you notice notice that that you're you're not taking care of yourself you need to take care of yourself and that kind of hit me that I wasn't taking care of myself and that's when, as I, as I mentioned last week, I, I started Googling, you know, ways of taking care of myself, even though I know how to take care of myself. I wrote it in my book, <laughs> but I needed somebody else to tell me how to do it because telling myself was just not working. And um, I came across Cheryl Richardson book, Richardson's book, which is Extreme Self-Care, and I was going through her book and reading her story at the beginning, and it sounded very similar that she was a caregiver, and she was always helping people, and she was a motivational speaker, and she, if people wanted appointments, she was willing to give appointments, and she was always making herself available, and then she had a stressor in her life that sort of like, pushed her over the over the, her limit and she just hit a wall where she felt really fatigued and just didn't have the energy and that's when she realized she needed to take better care of herself and I read that and I and I really related to it and you know I talk about 
the important essential ingredients to living a passionate life, right? The four pillars, which, you know, Dr. Edwards was just talking about, you know, the compassion and generosity, but then also gratitude and um, having, letting yourself dream. Those are the four essential ingredients of living a passionate life, the four pillars. But they're not the only essential ingredients because the other ingredients are the bricks in the foundation. And that foundation is completely made of self-care. And there are various bricks to that. Relationships with other people, relationships with yourself, the things that you say to yourself and how to overcome the negative self-talk, as well as, you know, eating healthy, um, sleeping, getting enough sleep exercising, um, overcoming critical things that other people say to you. Um, Those were all essential ingredients because if you're not taking care of the foundation, then the pillars are going to crumble. So it's really important not to put those last. And I think that that's the mistake that, Anybody who works in the helping profession makes as passionate as you might be about your job, the work that you do in helping people, that the that you tend to put yourself last. We tend to put ourselves last. Um, caregivers who are taking care of a loved one. Um, and even people who are just following their their dream and their passion, even if it's in music or art that they tend to forget about the self-care part, the part of of eating well, getting enough sleep. They get so excited to be on the path that they forget that they also need to take care of themselves uh, physically and emotionally so that they can keep following their path. And so I started looking at some of the the self-care issues that I had been forgetting about. I mean, I, I continued to eat well. That wasn't an issue. I was getting enough sleep most of the time. That wasn't an issue. I was exercising. I'd been exercising regularly for a while, so that's good. So I was, you know, ahead in those areas, but I wasn't taking breaks from doing all of the things that needed to be done, my responsibilities and at work and in caregiving, as well as uh, following my path. I wasn't just taking time to just be. I wasn't meditating, which, you know, Dr. Edwards was telling us all the benefits of meditating. And um, I kept saying, well, I don't have time today. I'll do that tomorrow. I have all these other things that are important Um, I wasn't setting limits with other people. That's a really hard thing to do, especially for us caregivers or nurturing people, period. We tend to, you know, want to help everybody. And so if somebody reaches out for help, we respond to it immediately rather than, you know, kind of triaging and saying, is this an emergency or is this something that, you know, I it doesn't need my help or it doesn't need my help right now. Um, certainly if it's an emergency and we, you know, we want to help somebody that in an emergency, but there are times where we need to say no 
um, we need to take care of ourselves. We need to make ourselves an emergency because this is a crisis. If we're not taking care of ourselves, then we end up getting sick uh, physically and emotionally, and we're not able to help other people. We're not able to be a caregiver. We're not able to really have our heart in it, and we're not able to follow our passion with passion because we're too tired to feel any passion. So setting limits for me was at was and is the hardest part of it. But I started to do that. I started setting limits with myself, um, you know, limiting my time um, with getting carried away uh, in conversations on social media, limiting my time, letting myself get too focused on negative news, um, being able to say no or if somebody texts me or calls me because they want to talk about something, if it's not an emergency, being able to say, I'm not available right now, can we, and scheduling a time that fits where I know that I won't feel rushed and that I have other things that I have to do. Um, I started doing that. That's helped a lot. Um, it, it's a big relief to not have to respond immediately and to understand that there, I don't need to respond immediately. I don't, I can respond with a simple text saying, can we speak at another time? What's good for you? Scheduling it, blocking my time. I've been, I've been told to do that. So now I've started doing that where I block my time to get my work done and then to take a break. Um, some other things that I've been doing is spending more time actually doing meditation and doing scheduling things into my day that are fun, laughing, um, just relaxing, writing, not to publish um, but writing just because I enjoy writing. So not having that feeling that it has to be perfect, that somebody else is going to read it, but just writing because it helps me to feel good. It's like journaling. Um, so, you know, she, Cheryl Richardson talks about creating a list of no's, things that we tend to say yes to, but really we don't want to. Um, some of them are really hard no's. Like for me, um, you know, my one of my no's that I've stuck to for several years is that I don't eat meat. So that's just simple for me. Um, but the harder ones are not getting pulled into discussions that I know are going to go down a negative path and with no positive outcome. So being able to say no to that is really important in self-care. And, um, you know, really spending some time looking at our own, my own life and, and looking at things that I know are not good for me, that I need to, um, I need to not do. <laughs> I need to eliminate. Um, and I've been starting to feel better. And, 
uh, I looked at what what has helped me to feel better. Um, I'd said no to extra appointments and obligations. Um, I, as I said, I haven't responded immediately. I've, I've scheduled appointments for phone calls rather than just speaking as soon as the person calls. And focusing on one thing at a time, we're, we, we're in a world where we do uh, multitasking is, uh, is considered like a really great thing to do, but actually it stresses us out and we don't really get the best, most efficient work done when we multitask. And so I've been sort of working at eliminating that. And I, as I said, I blocked the time and during that time, that, that scheduled um, task is what I'm focused on and nothing else. And I get my work done faster and I feel less stressed. Um, so that's really important. And also making a point of not doing too much. Uh, I looked at my to-do list and they're so long. It's just not possible to do them in a day and still get rest and have time to just relax. So i prioritize my to-do list. What do I really need to get done? And everything else is really just extra. Um, The one thing that has been, as I started to feel better, I started to go back to my old routine. And what I noticed is that I started doing too much and I started not taking breaks and just trying to plow through all of the paperwork that I have to get done without taking a break just so that I could get it out of the way and get it over with. Um, And I have to remind myself, take a break. You've been doing this for too long. Go take a break. Um, It helps to do that with not just emotionally and energy-wise, but it also helps because Taking a break means that you come back with a little bit more energy and more and you're more efficient at doing the the work. It you can do it faster if you've taken a break. So I have to remind myself to take a break. I've even started writing it I I, I on my to do list. <laughs> take a break. So take a break and breathe, take a break and meditate, take a break and just get outside or go do something else completely different, maybe change what you're doing. So if I'm doing work, then take a break and do something related to this show or, or my writing. Um, But it's really important to take a break. And that's why scheduling those blocks is really important. Um, And, you know, spending less time doing things that really take me down a negative path or, or spending time on social media too much. And I have to catch myself because as Dr. Edwards described, anything we do over and over again becomes a habit. So there are a lot of habits that we need to, to um, break. And so in order to break a habit, we have to be aware of it. And that meditation that I talked about that mountain meditation is a really good one for me to do um, in between because it helps me to center myself and find that inner peace. Um, So I really, you know, I loved what he talked about with the meditation and I do recommend checking out his website and um, finding, 
someone who can help you to find the right meditation for you or trying different meditations to see what works for you. But meditation is a really powerful way of taking care of yourself. But I think the overall message is that um, you you need to take care of yourself first or else um, you're not going to be there to help other people and you're not going to be able to sustain uh, this passionate journey or sustain the passion in the journey. So on that note, we're going to take a brief break, and um, James Pace is going to join us any minute from Brownsville to talk about the immigration situation. So uh, we'll take a little break, and we'll come back and talk to James. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. any sense at all, but it's up to you to keep a smile on your face. Now I've been young mostly every day, just like you, don't you ever change, cause this world's getting pretty old, and it's up to you to keep a smile on your face, butterflies down, butterflies down. Butterflies down Now don't forget Who wrote you this song Cause there'll be times You'll feel all alone In this world So Greg don't forget This song is for Sarah, Renee and you
Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. All right, and we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpel and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaricarpel.com. And now joining us on the phone from Brownsville, Texas, near the border, is James Pace. Welcome, James. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here with you today. Um, I, I have been. I just wanted to let you. I just want to let you know that when we speak like this, there's a slight delay, just like a couple of seconds. It's just good to keep that in mind. Sure. Mm-hmm. I have been a volunteer at Good Neighbor Settlement House in Brownsville, Texas, since September 2018. Uh, helping the uh, asylum seekers who come into the United States crossing the border. Uh, Good Neighbor Settlement House, since uh, September of 2018, for the ensuing 18 months, has serviced 20,413 asylum seekers. That's quite a record. It has mm-hmm. been an enriching experience. I can act say I've been blessed by working with the asylum seekers. So the first so, question I want to ask is, what's going on in some of the countries from where the asylum seekers come? In Cuba, with its present communist dictatorship announced over the radio the government radio marquee that there would no longer be any sugar sold to the people of Cuba, nor would there be any toothpaste nor soap to be sold. One has to ask the question, what is going on in Cuba not to have sugar because they were the biggest sugar producer in the world? The answer is, Uh, All the sugar is exported, as that's the only 
export income they have. In Nicaragua, suffers from an absolute dictatorship under President Ortega, worse than Fidel Castro. In 2018, they had reported 1,200 people killed and 1,700 who disappeared. Mexico presently is closing its border to all Central American asylum seekers who want to come to the USA due to pressure from our own country. So, Jim, so Jim, 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 so I, I understand that you are a collector of the stories of the people who have come from Central America um, to Good Neighbors. That's correct. I I have written uh, over 100 interviews since September of 2018 of them, and I hope to publish a book on uh, those interviews. So could you give us, like, one example of a story that was told to you by someone who came here seeking asylum, like maybe with their family? Certainly, certainly. Uh, here are some examples. I'm not sure I have all the family ones, but I have some. In Nicaragua, mm-hmm. there was a protest march of the elderly and students in 28, April of 2018. They were protesting against a 7% reduction of an $85 a month stipend, while beans were increasing in price by 400%. One of the marchers said, I was shot at more than I care to remember while protesting. Mm-hmm. Protesters in another city entered a church for sanctuary, and the police dragged them out to later torture them. A poor, illiterate farmer who fled to Reynosa, Mexico, and the bus met a friend, he thought, in the bus station who took him to a drug cartel stash house where two other asylum seekers had had two of their fingers respectively amputated to send to their relatives to extort money from them. Mm -hmm. A Guatemalan fruit salesman refused to pay $250 monthly to a drug cartel, so they cut off his arm with a machete, Mm. leaving only a stump on his body. So, 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 Jim, um, I know you see the asylum seekers after they have gone into detention and then are released before they That's head correct. to wherever their sponsors are in the United States. So, so I know we don't have a lot of time, but maybe you can give us like just an example of what has happened to them once they got into detention? What did they tell you yes. that was like? Yes, I'm, I was just about ready to get with that. Uh, 
The question is how our government is receiving asylum seekers. The volunteer response, such as that in Good Neighbor Settlement House, is great. But our U.S. government response is very poor. We detain asylum seekers in understaffed, inadequate facilities. Some run like prisons, very dirty, whose principal food uh, are cold, stale bologna sandwiches twice daily. The only statement that an immigrant judge could say after finding a man had been a legal resident of the United States for 38 years, he spent three months enduring the harsh conditions of life in detention. His only statement was, I'm sorry. Hmm. A 32-year-old, very strong uh, Cuban, tall Cuban uh, asylum seeker uh, was detained and put in the detention center of Raymondville, Texas. He became a psychological case after spending 11 days in solitary confinement. By Mm. the second day, he was crying like a baby. And uh, once out, he could not tolerate confined quarters, loud noises, or harsh sounds. So, so Jim, uh, I'm being told that we're running out of time, but... I want to ask you, how can listeners find out more and receive your stories um, that you've been told? How can they yes. be on your Yes, I was going list. to tell you that. Uh, use the email, my email, which is P-A-C-E-J-W-P-A-C-E at AOL.com. I'll give it to you again. P-A-C-E-J-W-P-A-C-E at AOL.com. Also, if you send me me your postal address, I'll send you 48 of the interviews that I've written out of the more than 100. Okay, okay. Okay, great. So people could just send you an email and say, please put me on your mailing list, and you'll start sending them I'll those. I'll send them, put them on the current list of interviews and also the 48 past interviews that are in hard print now. Yes. Great. I'm going to post that on my website, and I know several people that are very interested in hearing the, reading those stories already, and we'll send you there information so they can get on the mailing list and uh, I'll put this on my website so if any listeners are interested in reading these they're really great stories okay. I, I have may I read use, them. use one more story you, you tell me when my time's up okay but, well we're we, we're running out of time right now I've been signaled by the uh, producer okay. well yeah uh, they they can get these stories later on 
But it's yeah, been great speaking if, on, on your program, Dr. Carpa, and you're doing a magnificent job. If you want job. to send me, if you want to send me the story that you were going to tell, I will put it on my website as well on this post about this show. All right. I'll, I'll print out the story. Okay. I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming on the program and for all that you're doing. And and it's really important to have somebody collecting these stories so that people know what's happening. Correct. I agree. Yeah. Thank you very yes. much, ma'am. God bless you. All right. Okay. You have a very good night. Okay. okay. Bye-bye now. All right. Yeah. So I, as as I said, I will be posting some of the stories on the website for tonight's show, and I will also post um, Jim's email address so that if you're interested in being on his mailing list to receive these stories, which I've been receiving them, and they are really interesting, and they really open your eyes to what's going on, um, you can he'll send them to you. All right, so without further ado, I know Art's been waiting to speak about what's going on coming up. So, Art, are you there? Two dates that we're going to be doing for South by Southwest, which is March 20th on a Friday and March 21st on a Saturday. And starting on March 20th, Friday, will be uh, the videotaping of your program, Dr. Merrick Arpel and Your Golden Years, which will be from 6 to 7. And then mm-hmm. following that, we'll have the Jasmanian Devil, Tomas Lamitas, and his quartet will be playing from. Uh, 7.30 to 8.30 
And then after that, we have Ichingatos, which will be coming from South Padre Island and uh, San Antonio. And they'll be playing from 8.45 to 10 p.m. And following them, a great group out of San Marcos, which is going to probably be the next hot group. And it's uh, Blevins. And after Blevins, you're going to see Chris Toast at 11.30 to 12.30. And that's on Friday night. So that's just giving you an idea what's going to be happening on those two days, Friday and Saturday. And uh, it's going to be a lot more going on. And uh, I'll tell you more next week when we talk about Saturday. Well, let me ask you, Art, um, will this be posted somewhere when everything is in place so that people can go look and say, oh, yeah, what's happening Friday or what's happening Saturday not. during South by Southwest? Of course not. We're just going to do everything by mental telepathy. telepathy. <laughs> so where, no, everything so starts. Where we're going to be do? starting uh, this this coming week, we're going to start with all the events that will be placed out on Facebook and all your other uh, medias that uh, will explain to everybody what you have to do for the videotaping and what's going to be taking place for the pricing and all that because we just started getting everything finished today. And uh, you'll also be seeing ads in the Chronicle and also in the Interleaf of the Chronicle during South by Southwest and also on their website. So it'll be, it'll be covered fairly well. And, All right. uh, and what I'll do is when we have, when we have that event leak, I will put it on my website as well. Yeah. As soon as I get the pages finished, you'll get them and then you can slap them on. But uh, okay. to finish out the, uh, the evening, I'm going to play a song when you say goodbye to everybody, which is called Newtown healing, which is a, uh, a song for Gobi and his daughter and all the others that passed away today on uh, the helicopter and also for the barefoot doctor. So take mm-hmm. us away. Thank you. Thank you, Art. All right. So um, before we go to that song, let me let you all know what's happening next week. Um, next Sunday, February 2nd, we'll be back with another show live from right here in Austin, Texas. And we'll be joined from Philadelphia by Professor of Education, Dr. Zakia Gates. Dr. Gates refers to herself as an intentional, transformative, culturally responsible, responsive social justice professor of education. And she'll be joining us to discuss transformation, social justice, and diversity. And then, as Art said, he'll be back to talk more about what's happening at our show at South by Southwest and his productions on March 20th and 21st at the backstage. And I'll talk a little bit more about living a passionate life and a few different points that I haven't covered yet. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from this show and learn about upcoming shows, listen to previous programs, read my blogs, all of that, go to drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. Also, follow me on Facebook for, to find out about future events and shows, Dr. Marakarpel, Your Golden Years. And you can listen to this evening's program in as soon as five minutes from now by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash your golden years. 
This evening's program was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by neurologist and memory specialist, Dr. Ronald DeVere, and by Story House. And special thanks to my guests, Dr. Lawrence Edwards and James Pace. And of course, thank you to Art. Thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring week. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show. Mm-hmm.